Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. Our Old Testament reading, it's recorded for us in the prophet Isaiah, the 15th chapter. Isaiah's ministry, he was told from the very beginning, was going to be difficult, that God is the one who had to make him like a bronze wall, or he would never be able to stand. Because his ministry to the people was this, the judgment of the Lord is coming. There's really nothing they could do about it anymore. They were going to be taken into exile. But he also gave them hope that the Lord was with, would be with them in exile and would be delivering them back home. He's just made one of these prophecies, which was not very popular with the people, especially since the other prophets at his time were saying, oh no, we've got the temple, everything's going to be just fine. And so we have a, 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 a combination here of Jeremiah and, and sort of repentant Israel calling up to God. Oh Lord, you know me. Remember me and visit me. And take vengeance for me on my persecutors. In your forbearance, take me not away. Know that for your sake I bear reproach. Your words were found and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord, God of the hosts. I did not sit in the company of revelers, nor did I rejoice. I sat alone. Because your hand was upon me, for you had filled me with indignation. Why is my pain unceasing, my wound incurable, refusing to be healed? Will you be to me like a deceitful brook, like waters that fail? Therefore, thus says the Lord, If you return, I will restore you, and you shall stand before me. If you utter what is precious and not what is worthless. You shall be as my mouth. They shall turn to you, but you shall not turn to them. And I will make you to this people a fortified wall of bronze. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail over you. For I am with you to save you and deliver you, declares the Lord. I will deliver you out of the hand of the wicked and redeem you from the grasp of the ruthless. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is again a continuation from the letter to the Romans. Uh, more application of what it means to be a living sacrifice. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. 
Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. This too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite the congregation to please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. It's recorded for us in the Gospel of St. Matthew, the 16th chapter. It's the classic part of the story where last week we heard Peter confessing that Jesus indeed is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then when Jesus begins to tell Peter and the disciples what that exactly means, they don't really like what they hear and Peter is bold to speak again. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, if you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life? Or what shall a man give in return for his life? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you didn't know, today is show and tell day here at uh, at service today. Now, before you, you'll find uh, different things you can use as hunters. Now, I'm not about to break your father-in-law's head mount here. But what you can do with antlers, and this is pretty fun, if you take them, you find the ones that slough off during the fall as they are getting older. You take them and you can rack them together. And by doing so, you're able to, one, make the sound that you have bucks fighting for dominance. And typically this dominance is fight, fought over a doe, fighting to ensure that they will have a much stronger herd. And as a hunter, if you do this correctly, you have a better chance of getting other bucks to come to the sound. I saw it done once when I was about 12. It didn't really work out so well for us that day. But that's that's hunting for you. Now, you have other calls for different animals. This white one, as it's told, is a snow goose call. And if you have ever met a geese... 
They are not the most friendliest creature in the world. They are meaner than they have any right to be. I swear, that is true about these all geese. They are territorial. They are dominant. But we have different ways to find them. You have ways to find geese, ways to find deer, and a means to call a moose. Now, growing up in North Dakota, we saw a moose maybe once in a blue moon. But living here in the northern part of Minnesota, and if you are a fan of Gary Paulson, you will know from his book, Guts, uh, Moose, although majestic and wonderful to look at and delicious to eat, are truly terrifying creatures when you get up nice and close and they trample your car. Now, these are all different instruments you can use as a hunter to find different creatures. And any hunter worth their salt will tell you, you don't need to carry so many different ones. Because typically you're only hunting down either a whitetail, a mule, a moose, antelope, and maybe an elk if you are lucky enough and willing to pay the price for a tag as such. But these are traits. This is knowledge that you use that has passed down from generation to generation, father to son, where you learn to track, learn to scout, and learn to know what to look for, especially when hunting. Now, the same knowledge can be applied to another creature. Now, perhaps you might, might not be using antlers or different calls such as that. But the next creature that we're looking for is rather odd. You know, it doesn't have certain physical traits. There's no antlers, no hoofed feet, or wings, as much as the cartoons would like us to believe. They might wear glasses, suits, hold jobs from janitor all the way to leaders of a nation. And oftentimes, you can find one by just listening to them sing hymns, modern, contemporary Christian songs. See, we can call them, but this won't work. You might use the words such as free food, but you're more than likely to either get a high schooler, a college kid, or your pastor who doesn't feel like making lunch that day with the food in his fridge. Or you can also try, it might work with different, different groups. You could say, Luther is right! And Calvin is wrong. Well, that would definitely work. Now, more than likely, you have already figured out what creature I'm talking about. A Christian. A Christian is completely and entirely unique from anything else in this world. Anyone can be a Christian. Christians are not bound to certain countries, certain continents, or certain states or counties. They're found across the globe speaking any language in the world, worshiping Christ in their native tongue. If this is the case, then how do you go on about finding one in a sea of people? Uh, sure, you can use these for different animals, but it doesn't work the same for us. And this is what Paul is discussing in his letter to the church in Rome. See, as we've been moving through Paul's letter and the Romans, we've been learning about the Christians that make up this church. 
We know for certain that there were those who converted from Judaism to Christianity. And we know that there are those, the Gentiles, who converted as well, leaving behind the false gods of the Roman pantheon or whatever god they were following. You continue to learn, and Paul quickly addresses in this opening, in the opening section of his letter, that there is no difference where you came from. Under Christ, we are the same. And yet he continues to encourage them to love one another just as Christ has loved them. Listen to what Paul writes. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. And seek to show hospitality. They are to show the same love that they have received from Christ to each other. They are not to look down on one another. Not to treat anyone differently. But to love each other. Supporting one another. Caring for each other. And maintaining their Christian community. And to continue to be an example to their neighbors. An example to those who are outside the church. Not just with their words, with their songs, but through their actions. And here Paul continues. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. Do not associate with the lowly, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peacefully with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not become overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And this, this is where the trouble comes in. As Christians, you and I are so much better at loving one another within our own community working with those who have come in a part of our own congregation, building one another up, caring for one another, supporting each other in, in on all our endeavors. And we are great at that. And we can do that amazingly here with each other. But yet the, you, the moment you and I leave, heading out to our wider communities, be it Park Rapids, Monaga, Dorset, or Detroit Lakes, or wherever you may roam, the love that we have been shown, the love that we are called to share to one another, doesn't quite show through as it should. You see, the life of the Christian is one that's lived outside the walls of the church building. It is one where we interact with the community around us, interacting with our neighbors, working with people from various and different backgrounds, different faiths, 
different values, different everything. And yet you and I are the ones that are different. We are not like the rest of society. We do not speak the same way as they do. We do not act in the same way as society wants us to act. We don't engage with people in the same way as this sinful world is tempting and wanting us to do. You and I are different. We are called to be different. Our lives are not shaped by this society. It's not shaped by this sinful world. We're not carbon, carbon copies. We are made to stick out like a sore thumb. Our lives, our actions, our speech is based on Christ. Our lives are made to be examples of Christ to our neighbors, to each other. But there's the kicker. As, there, as we continue to engage with the wider world, it is so easy to blend right into the masses, blend into the crowds and disappear. See, it becomes to the point where it's just second nature. Thus, instead of showing love to one another, we do what Paul is telling us what not to do. And unfortunately, whether knowingly or unknowingly, we mold back into the crowds, being indistinguishable from the pagan. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is not what we have learned. This is not the, the example that we have been shown. Our example is not this world. It's not our society. Our example is Christ. Everything we know, everything we understand, our thoughts, our speech, our actions, are to be modeled after Him. And this is what Paul is getting at in his letter. What Paul writes is not something he pulled out of thin air, but a condensed version of what we've already heard from our Lord. Listen again. That love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no evil for evil. But give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And did you catch it this time around? The words that Paul writes are condensed versions of words that we've already heard. Words 
spoken by Christ there on the mountainside to the crowds of people. Words that we have come to know as the Sermon on the Mount. Words that Christ used to teach what it means to be followers of Christ. What it means to be God's people. Living as God has called us to live. Not like the nations around them. Not like the Romans. Not like our own society. But living as we have been called to live. How he interacted with them. Continuously showing love to people. Even though people despised Jesus. They despised him. Even showed love to a man who arrested him. Even, even healed the he- ear of the one that Peter struck. Even showed love there on the cross, asking the Father to forgive them, for they don't understand. Christ is our example. He is the one that our lives are to imitate. He is the one that we are to follow. We don't just say the words, we don't just go through the motions. We become examples of Christ to our neighbors, to each other. Examples in our congregations working to nurture, to nurture and to maintain our community. Examples in the wider community, teaching them the reason for the hope that we have, the love that we've been shown, love that doesn't just remain with us, but love that's been shared with all of creation. We are to be examples. It doesn't matter if people come from different areas, different countries, different political parties, the love that Christ has shown to you, to me, and to all creation should be shown through us to each other. So what does a Christian look like? I know we're not just like the regular animals of the beast of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. But a Christian is the one that loves his neighbor as Christ has loved him. That is a Christian. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.